Rigdon. The problem of modern humanity is that egoism has shattered the knowledge so thoroughly that the single meaning, the purpose of this knowledge, has been lost. That is why, nowadays, astrophysicists, for instance, prefer to look only up at the stars, developing incredible theories, for example, about black holes. And archaeologists and ethnologists prefer to look only down, diving into antiquity and voicing their guesses about the past. Anastasia All in all, there is no unity in the many-sided cognition of the single whole. There is no broadening of the horizons, and most importantly, man's knowledge about himself, about his true essence. Rigdon Unfortunately, that is so. I will give another interesting example in this regard. As I have already mentioned, there is a tribe of Dogon people in West Africa. At the end of the 19th century, when leading European countries started dividing Africa into their colonies, the territory where this tribe lived, just like their neighbors, got under the dominion of France. At that time, there was active slave trade from the African continent. Nevertheless, the Dogon were not affected because they lived in inaccessible areas. So the first person to learn about their existence was an official of the colonial troops who was making a list of savage tribes. His attitude towards these tribes corresponded to the mindset created by politicians of his country. In other words, that savages are not even human beings. The culture of these people was discovered, though just for a narrow circle of specialists from Europe, by the French-African ethnographer Marcel Griol. First and foremost, he was interested in the spiritual side of life of the Dogon, and that is why the priests of this nation eventually revealed their greatest secret to him. Anastasia The secret knowledge is revealed to a person with a good heart and pure thoughts. Rigdon Perfectly true. However, the world learned about the cosmological system of the Dogon not from the works of this ethnographer, but from the works of an astronomer who was also keen on archaeology and ethnography and who managed to compare all this knowledge. So the Dogon and the kindred Bambara people are among the few peoples who had preserved the original information practically with minimal distortion, often without even understanding the meaning of this information and the latter is such that it is far ahead of all the modern scientific achievements. Anastasia. That's interesting. Rigdon. In the cosmology of the Dogon and the Bambara, there is information about the significant primary role of vibration and spiral motion in the creation of the universe. Anastasia. The Dogon possess knowledge about the spiral motion of the universe? Rigdon. Yes, in the Dogon mythology, there is a supreme deity, God creator named Ama. One of the Dogon myths says that the world originated from the word Ama. Anastasia. It is interesting that the Dogon in Africa have Ama, while according to the Indian legends, the universe originated from the vibration of the sacred sound Om. In the Vedas, 
This sound is also regarded as a symbol of the soul approaching the world of God and is denoted by a special sign. Rigdon Certainly, all these legends at one time had one and the same basis and knowledge. So, according to the mythology of the Dogon, the world arose from the word Ama. There was nothing other than this word. The first word gave rise to an infinitely small basic element of the world, which the Dogon call Kize Uzi. It is also the millet seed pole. By means of internal vibration, the Kize Uzi turned into the world egg. In the Dogon myth, Ama has the epithet a spinning vortex, and it is noted that its motion moves in a spiral. Furthermore, the very creations of Ama are described, and also seven worlds, the sun and the moon, are mentioned. In particular, that the sun is surrounded by a spiral of eight coils of red copper. The moon is surrounded by the same spiral, but of white copper. Surprisingly, modern physics has not yet reached the level of scientific understanding of these questions. But that is not the most interesting thing. Going back to the creation of the world. After the post-seed had been created and the movement started in a spiral, the invisible Ama began to create signs which determine everything in this world. The two guiding signs which belong to Ama and the eight main ones. Anastasia. Signs? Given that Shambhala also communicates and creates events with signs, Signs are essentially a special topic. In regard to the above-mentioned legend, readers might ask, what do the guiding and the main signs mean? Rigdon Well, first of all, the very fact that the Dogon possess such knowledge testifies to the fact that their ancestors received it through paleocontact. The two guiding signs are the signs which can be used only by the one whom they call Ama in their myths. The eight main signs are the creating signs, which when you apply certain power to them, figuratively speaking, like a key to a lock, open certain possibilities of managing the processes of both creation and destruction. It is very rare, but it happens that the main signs become available to a human being. Anastasia Very rarely become available to a human being. But that is the grail! I recorded this knowledge in the book Sensei 4. At one time, you mentioned that the grail consists of 12 signs, and the Dogon mythology mentions 8 of them, excluding those two which are unavailable for people in principle, as far as I understand. Therefore, the Dogon either had incomplete information, or it was partially lost with time, or concealed from the European researchers who wrote down their myths. But the fact that the grail consists of the main signs with which the world may be designed and adjusted at will is indirectly mentioned in many legends of various peoples. Rigdon. Absolutely correct. Such sacred for this or that nation knowledge is almost never fully revealed by the tribe's priests, particularly to random people. As for the grail, one should remember that when it was hidden, it was not coincidental that the twelve signs were split into four parts, with three signs in each part. This significantly complicated the process of arranging signs and activating the grail by sound. 
Signs of the grail in a certain sequence are like a form, like a key to the lock, which when a certain power is applied, the sound formula of the primordial sound, opens otherworldly possibilities to a human. Anastasia Four parts with three signs in each part. Rigdon Incidentally, these ancient peoples have preserved records that number four embodies the feminine principle, number three embodies the masculine principle, and their sum equals seven, which is the basis of the human being, the principle of eternal life, and perfection. Anastasia. Four embodies the feminine principle. So since the grail was put together using four parts, it means that this indirectly points at the connection with the creating divine power of the feminine principle a lot. Rigdon grinned. Why indirectly? By the way, speaking of a lot, in the cosmogonic myths of the Bambara people, which tell about the timeless initial stage of creation of the world, it is mentioned that the world originated from the void, endowed with motion, Gla. Gla, in turn, gave birth to a sounding twin. As a result, a pair appeared, Gla-Gla. On the whole, after a number of conversions and transformations, thanks to the vibration, there appeared signs which were intended to be placed on objects that were not yet created in order to mark them. During the act of creation, there appeared spirit Yo, from whom the first powerful forces, Pembo and Faro, descended, which took part in the creation of the world, 22 basic elements and 22 spiral coils. It is mentioned that when these spiral coils stirred Yo, as a result, light, sound, all actions, all creatures, and all feelings appeared. The myth mentioned that Pembo moved in space in a vortex, and that he threw upwards that which was later named Pharaoh. Pharaoh, in turn, created seven heavens and the spirit of the air, and he spilled life on earth in the form of water. He is omnipresent and visits all waters. In essence, Pharaoh continued to create the world. He put the universe in order and classified all its elements, created people, and taught them the word. Anastasia. Pharaoh put the universe in order, but these are the functions of the creating power of a lot. Rigdon. That is what I'm talking about. By the way, regarding speech, in the Dogon mythology, the deities of water, the divine twins, shaped as half humans and half snakes, were called Nomo. There remain legends that when they saw the Mother Earth from the sky, naked and devoid of speech, they made a skirt for her of ten wisps of filaments of heavenly plants. It is precisely these moist filaments, twisted in a spiral, which comprised the word that were full essences of Nomo that communicated speech to the earth, the first language of the world. So some people should not have called the Dogon and the Bambara peoples barbarians. Those barbarians have preserved by far more information for future generations than civilized people, certainly not without their elements of distortion, but still, this is much better than nothing. Anastasia Yes, after all you've just said, one just wants to give everything up and leave for Africa, since such knowledge is preserved there. 
Ripton burst out laughing. There is nothing to do there in that Africa. It would be the same as going to Tibet. You'll immediately find many people willing to show you the right way to Ariman, and on top of that with your own money. In reality, everything is much closer than a person can imagine. It is all a matter of the vein of knowledge and the prevailing worldview. Look here, you have seen the world in a different light of knowledge from the perspective of the spiritual worldview. Information that used to be non-essential for you has now become important. Fragmented knowledge from physics, mythology, and astronomy has fallen into place like a jigsaw puzzle, each piece supplementing another as if it took its rightful place. Now imagine what the people who don't possess such information will think about, for example, science. After all, most of the contemporary people will not even understand what is really being said here. According to the modern worldview, signs that create the world can at best be the symbols that form the table of chemical elements, nothing more. Yet, for example, the spiral as a symbol was known already in the Paleolithic times. Its images can be found in pre-dynastic Egypt, in ancient India and China, in ancient cultures of Crete and Mycenae, and among peoples living on different continents, in Europe, Africa, and pre-Columbian America. Yet what is the situation today? What has remained of the bygone knowledge of the spiral structure of the macrocosm and the invisible world? Suffice it to go out into the street and ask anyone, or specifically experts engaged in such a science as physics, about what people know now about the spiral. As a result, you will at best get a standard answer which unfortunately reflects only the habitual template materialistic worldview of people, which does not go beyond the scope of knowledge of the visible world. Anastasia Exactly. You needn't go far to find such examples, for not long ago I myself thought in similar terms. It turns out that the ancient people were not deprived of such wonderful knowledge about the world either. It doesn't matter in what form the knowledge was presented. It's the very essence that is important, which influences the person's worldview and consequently his life. After all, this information helps to understand that the world is managed from above and that everything in this world is ordered and created artificially. From this comes an understanding of what this fleeting life is, what a human himself should aspire to, and how to use its power for one's own spiritual development. Rigdon In this illusory world, everything is fleeting like a mirage in a desert. Therefore, everything that we possess in the physical world has no value, for it is passing. We must hurry to learn to feel with the soul and to comprehend the beautiful, because everything in this material world, including human life, is nothing more than foam bubbles on the sea sand. A person senses that he is not just a two-legged creature, that there is something much greater inside him, and that his inner world is different from the world around him. Inside him there is a soul, a particle from without, from the spiritual world. It has a single vector of movement, a single desire. The soul actually seeks to escape from this world. It aspires to go to God, to its native world. 
However, in the material world, this aspiration, this deepest feeling that comes from the soul, encounters human consciousness. And human consciousness interprets these strong, deepest promptings differently based on the knowledge and experience gained in this life. And here, a very important role is played by a person's dominant worldview, his knowledge of the world and himself. If the material worldview dominates in him, his consciousness is narrowed and he lacks spiritual knowledge, then numerous substitutions take place in his consciousness. That is, the personality uses this power not for spiritual development, but rather to satisfy its material desires. The power of the single spiritual feeling is split in consciousness into numerous desires of the animal nature. As a result, instead of striving for eternity, a person begins to panic and fear it, and to regard this three-dimensional world as the only reality of his existence. He wastes the power of his life on achieving gratification of his own ego in the material world, on gaining power over own kind, and on accumulating earthly wealth. However, with the death of the body, a person loses all this, leaving behind from his past life, in his after-death fate, just a bundle of negative energy, which will bring him sufferings and anxiety for a long time to come. On the other hand, if the spiritual worldview dominates in a person, and if he does not simply have the knowledge about the world and himself, but uses it purposefully and appropriately, working on himself, then he changes in quality. He moves along the spiritual vector of his life thanks to the deepest feelings emanating from his soul. For a spiritually mature person, the death of the physical body is in essence a liberation. It is only a transition to a qualitatively different state, the state of true freedom in eternity. Anastasia You know, many readers point out that given all the diversity of literature available, it is actually difficult to find any specific information about the soul. Furthermore, in modern consumer society, even the term soul itself is being increasingly often substituted with notions that are diametrically opposed to the soul, such as mind, psyche, human self, and self-consciousness. In the best-case scenario, readers find some general philosophy and even then, it is usually sealed in the shell of either a section of ethnology or of religion and mysticism or of psychology and sociology. Since ancient times, it was believed that a spiritually rich soul is the most precious possession of a true human. Theoretically, in the human society which moves in a spiritual direction, paramount significance should be given to the study of the spiritual. After all, Perception of the soul contributes to the perception of any other truth, including a scientific one. There exists a vast range of idealistic and materialistic opinions about the soul and dogmatic statements, including those of the speculative nature. However, all these are merely searches of many people at different times, starting with sages, prophets, and saints, and ending with scientists, educators, naturalists, and ordinary people. Disputes mainly took place because of lack of knowledge. Yet what is noteworthy 
is that people still understand that if they possess systematic knowledge of the human being, and first of all of the soul, they would be able to, while guided by the needs of the soul, control the aspirations of their mind. Knowing themselves, they would better understand all the components of their lives, such as intuition, thoughts, feelings, emotions, secret desires, motives of behavior, consequences of their actions, and so on. In this case, if this knowledge not only becomes available, but is understood by the majority, it would be possible without any difficulty to build and affirm in the world a society of kindness and harmony which people have dreamt of for millennia. There are readers who have been naturally gifted with the ability to feel manifestations of the invisible world slightly more than ordinary people. At that, they usually hide their abilities from others. Mainly, these are quiet, clever people who have already established themselves in life in the human understanding. They have brought up children, achieved a certain social status, became prominent experts in their fields, and received academic degrees. However, they haven't discovered the main meaning of their lives, what they intuitively feel inside themselves in these human achievements, and they worry about this. They try to find an answer to this question which is important to them, to understand themselves and their souls, and thus to determine the direction of the main vector of their lives. They lack knowledge in order to understand their essence, how to live in this world, and how to prepare themselves for the afterlife. After all, some of them, after experiencing the manifestations of the invisible world and gaining priceless personal experience, have already radically changed their worldview. The main question these people ask is, how to save my soul? I think that they, and even future generations which will come into contact with this knowledge, will be very grateful if you answer this main question, which is vital for every human.